0: this episode of the nocturnal disney podcast is brought to you by palms and parks they are high quality disney inspired t-shirts that have cool fun designs to help show off your love for disney in a unique and smart way visit them at palmsandparks.com and check out what their store has to offer there's something there for everyone welcome foolish listeners to the nocturnal disney podcast i am your host Your show host. (laughs) Ah, is this show's time bar actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? And consider this dismaying observation there's no skip or rewind button. (laughs) Which offers this chilling challenge to find a way out! Uh, of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Oh, I love it when I'm nasty. This is the day your dreams come true. Be prepared for sensational news. Oh, milk, my duds! It's wreck out And where do we fit? Reach- what? <coughs>
1: Okay. fine, fine, I'm cool, I'm
0: fine. I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. <clears throat> Means no. Ah, but there's a new order now. salmon, <laughs> <laughs> <Life. laughs> you- salmon, that's obviously seven... Oh, their head. My friend, we are about to embark on the most odious, the most evil, the most diabolical scheme of my illustrious career.
1: But before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she shall prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and die!
0: You are not leaving this tower! Ever! Game. Set. Match. Thank you for joining us for episode 14 of the Nocturnal Disney Podcast on October 6, 2018. My name is Bryce. I appreciate you listening. If you want to join in our discussion, you can join us on Facebook. Just search the Nocturnal Disney Podcast and join our little group. You can email me at my new email, Bryce at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. That's B-R-I-C-E at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. And you can say something very quick to me on Twitter at Disney Nocturnal. You can also find me on Instagram, at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, all separated by underscores. So this is the second week of me testing out this new layout, right? One thing people have been asking about is me getting another voice on the show. And I've wanted to do that. I was never able to find anyone that liked Disney as much as I did and was actually willing to come over to my house and record every week. (laughs) Until now. (laughs) Everyone, I'd like to introduce my friend, Chris. Say hi, man. Hey, man, what's up? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Looking forward to doing this. It's going to be fun. (laughs) So with the new layout on the show, and now we have a new voice on the show every week, I am very interested to know what everyone thinks. Please let me know in the comments down below. Also, again from last week, I want to start a segment where we as a community can give tips to each other to make going to the parks as fun for first-timers as it is for veterans. So if you do have a tip, please email me at Bryce at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. Again, that's B-R-I-C-E at NocturnalDisneyPodcast.com. I am still trying to figure out how to get people to call in through Skype. Bear with me. I'll figure it out, and we'll go from there. Also, if you have a question about the parks, I've been going to the parks for three decades. Chris has been going to the parks for a long time now. We have information, and we would be glad to answer any questions. If we get the opportunity, we'll put the questions on the show. And if we use your question, I'll mail you out one of my customized decals. But enough about that. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk about some rumors going around the Star Wars franchise. We'll be diving into the streaming service a little bit that Disney's got going on. And to end the show, I am going to finish off the second half of the Food and Wine Festival menu. But for now, let's just jump into it. All right, so Disney has this new streaming service coming out, right? Right. And we've gotten a lot of information about it. We've got, oh, we're gonna be getting a Loki show. We're gonna be getting a Scarlet Witch show. Which, by the way, sounds pretty cool. It really does. I'm very interested, especially since they're gonna have the movie actors play the characters in the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: We have a Muppet show that's coming out. We have confirmed a Lady and the Tramp remake strictly for the streaming service. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome too. Yeah, that does sound interesting. And I'm happy it's going to streaming service because I know a lot of people really like Lady and the Tramp and they love it. It never hit like that for me. Same here. You know what I'm saying?
1: Same here. The most I know about Lady and the Tramp, and I've maybe seen it, I know I only saw it when I was a kid, so I'm talking like six or seven years old, and I maybe saw that movie twice.
0: So it looked like we were just going to be getting a lot of stuff that we had already seen. Disney's back catalog, we're going to be getting the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies. We're going to get the new Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Me too. But this is something that I didn't expect. They announced a documentary called Ink and Paint. Right. I never heard of that. What is that? It's going to be all about the women who helped make Disney animation, Disney animation. Because for a long time, they were just the colorists. Ah. Right.
1: I had no clue about that.
0: Yeah, it's going to be produced by ABC Studios. It's going to have eight episodes, which I think is great because it's a nice, compact show, you know? Yeah, they're going to
1: take their time with it. I love
0: documentaries
1: like that that kind of take their time. Like Netflix does a couple of those, you know? Exactly. They take their time with it.
0: But not only that, it kind of feels like this is where the Disney shows are going to lie for a while. Because with Netflix, you had them coming in at 10 episodes. And then once you started getting into like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, you started going up to 10, 12, 13 episodes. It's just too long. Yeah. And so I think Disney saw that and said, you know what? Let's rein it in. Let's make it eight episodes. That's how long the Loki show is supposed to be. The Scarlet Witch show is supposed to be. I haven't heard about Mandalorian. I am interested on that one. But this is actually based on a book by Mindy Johnson, and they've already started filming it because it's supposed to launch with the service. But,
1: like, are all the shows that you're listing, are they all going to be there on launch day, or are they going to be coming out a little bit after it comes out, or after launch day is what I'm asking?
0: Right, right, right. Well, Mandalorian I don't think is going to be there on launch day. I mean, they just announced it. Now, just because they just announced it doesn't mean that they haven't started working on it already. I mean, honestly, they probably have. Mm-hmm. But actually, I know that they have because they have st- yeah, they, they stills and the, stuff.
1: Prompt the little bit of the uh, behind the
0: scenes today. The, the art. Yeah, it was the really cool of uh,
1: the Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, so maybe, but I would doubt it. And just to give you like an idea of what this show is going to be about, they interviewed a woman named Ruthie Thompson. She was a cell cleaner in the 1930s, in 1937. That means she worked on a vast array of movies. Jeez,
1: yeah. I
0: mean... She probably got to see everything, huh? Well, something like this kind of
1: grabs... Would uh, definitely grab my attention, man, because they don't make animation like they used to, and the way they did was so beautifully done. So, I'm from what you're saying, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. You know, just to see how it was done see how they did it because they don't make it like that anymore and it's, it's kind
0: of like a lost start in a way you know well absolutely i mean once computers came along and it made it so much easier to animate digitally it goes by the wayside and i mean it it makes sense we don't ride horses now from freaking town to yeah. town jump in a car but it is gonna be interesting because i have loved all of the Walt Disney documentaries that they've put out like they put out a Walt Disney documentary a couple years ago now on PBS Uh and it was really interesting it was a two-hour documentary and so if they bring that kind of stuff to their streaming service you have me I like Disney I don't like just the movies I don't like just Star Wars just Marvel I like Disney I like the behind the scenes stuff I went to school for animation it's gonna be interesting you know what I'm saying
1: yeah, Disney already gots my money with this, man. I mean, they're offering so much. They've announced so much. Now, again, whether or not it's all on launch date or what, the only other competitor they have, Amazon, they have Netflix. And that's what's kind of the difference right now between Disney and the DC streaming service. DC yeah. streaming service is offering me pretty much nothing that I'm interested in. Seems like the content for the Disney stuff is a lot. They're offering you a lot of stuff, and they're all different,
0: you know. It's all different. It's all interesting, and they're just announcing stuff. They're saying, "Look, we know right out the gate, we're not gonna have as much stuff as Netflix. We're not gonna have as much stuff as Amazon. That's why they're not asking you to pay as much as Netflix or for Amazon." So I don't know. It makes me really happy. I, I, mean, I think it's gonna be. I'm good. pretty excited for that, dude. They already got my money, so bring it on. When is uh when are they gonna release it? Do you know when it's going to launch? We don't know yet. They've been saying that it's going to be launching in the early 2019s. Okay. So I don't know. I would love for them to be like, Happy New Year, here's your streaming service, because I'd yeah, watch that. That'd be sick. Yeah, right? What do you mean watch the ball drop? Get out of here. I have documentaries to watch. <laughs> no, And documentaries, because they have already announced a second one. Really? Yeah. What's the other documentary? They haven't said, but they just said we're making it.
1: And see, and that's the thing. I I love me some good documentaries. Me you know, too. So, and I can I can binge watch those. I'd spend all day on Netflix doing that. So, I mean, I'm Jamie sold. just got through making a murder.
0: She freaking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> really in this entertainment news section, we're really staying on the Disney streaming service because we already talked a little bit about The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's being produced by Jon Favreau. But aside from that, we don't really know what it's going to be about, aside from the fact that it's going to be between episodes 6 and 7, which also gives us another little bit of news. It's not going to be Jango Fett. We knew that he was decapitated. But <laughs> yeah, he's he's dead. But it's also not going to be Boba Fett. And I'm happy that they didn't do that. Yeah, me you know, too. Well, no, he, I suppose it may still be Boba Fett. No, I'm happy
1: that they did. Well, yeah, we don't know who that is, right? But Boba Fett wasn't Mandalorian. He was a guy who had the helmet, right, of right. the Mandalorians, and and that's the thing. I, I'm kind of looking for, um, you know, as much as we love Boba Fett, to me, okay, his story's done. What do we love him for? He looked cool. Yeah, you know, he had the jetpack, that that iconic Mandalorian helmet. Which you but you got to be
0: honest that iconic Mandalorian helmet is iconic because it is freaking sweet. Yeah, it
1: is. It's it's a really cool design. So mm-hmm. but he died. And or or you know, we don't know. He he fell into a sarlacc pit. I'm perfectly fine with letting his story go and meeting a new character. You know, because the Star Wars universe, dude, I mean, what is the universe, man? It's huge. It's massive. That's true. I would love to see a separate story from like a real
0: Mandalorian going off on adventures. And you know, that's why I liked Rogue One so much, is because it followed Jyn Erso. Where have we seen Jyn Erso before? Nowhere. Exactly nowhere. It allowed you to jump in, get attached to a character, and follow their story, as short or long as it may be. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be great for the Mandalorian
1: yeah you don't it, it doesn't have to be worried about so much canon you know what I'm saying it can walk a lot alongside canon you can have some cool appearances but you don't have to do anything you know what I'm saying it's not tied down exactly like, you know the these trilogy movies are where they have to be in continuity and stuff like that you can branch off and kind of do your own fun stuff with it
0: yeah absolutely man absolutely Let's just stick with Star Wars then for a second okay. and talk about Kathleen Kennedy, <laughs> okay? Because she got renewed to her position as the head of Lucasfilm for the next three years. Yeah. Now, I have my thoughts on it, but because I am such a gracious host, I bow to you, Chris. What are your thoughts on it? It's it's tough because, I mean, we've been talking
1: about this. It's hard to argue with her success, you know, with the four movies, It's true. Or as far, you know, with the money count, that is. I mean, we're talking about close to $5 billion between just those movies. You know, so she's bringing in the cash for Disney for sure. And these are the conversations that I had with you. It's not that I don't trust her or that I don't like her or anything. It's just that The the Last Jedi, I wasn't a huge fan of. I'm kind of right down the middle with that movie, you know? That's not how I want my Star Wars movies to be, you know, and but there's a lot of people who like that movie and I get it. You know, I'm perfectly fine with people liking it. It just wasn't my favorite. It, it wasn't what I wanted, you know. Right. And it's hard to hit everybody's fi- you know, what they want from a Star Wars movie. I just, it's impossible. Exactly. It and, really is impossible. Exactly. And but you know what? I'm willing to forgive it. I still watch it. I still watch it because I'm a Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. I've been watching it since I was like 5 or 6 years old. I love Star Wars. I read so I read I try reading as many of the books as I can, you know, especially the new stuff out now that's considered, you know, the new canon. I try to read up as much of it as I can. So, I guess you can say the biggest mistake, the biggest thing with her for me was just the green lighting of Solo. That was the biggest misstep that I think that she did. And I think The what became of it is proof. Like, no one went to go see the movie. And it's unfortunate
0: because it was a good movie. Right. It It was a fun movie. And
1: that's the thing. It wasn't a bad movie. It's just that I don't think anyone wanted to see it. You know, you got to give people... You can't just slap Star Wars up and say, we'll just come in because it's Star Wars. To me, it kind of felt like, okay, you're going to see anything we put Star Wars on. We're going to take Han Solo. Here's young Han Solo. Come see Star Wars. You got to remember, people
0: got to want to see it. And I felt True. I think a lot of it had to do with all the drama behind the scenes, like with Lord and Miller getting fired. Then you bring in Ron Howard. But that can also be on her too, because she did hire
1: the uh, the Russo brothers. And, you know- Lord and Miller. Yeah, yeah. She did hire Lord and Miller. True. I mean, again, we're talking about stuff we have no clue about. We don't know who was at fault, but- I mean, this is the stuff you really don't hear with Marvel. I mean, with Kevin Feige, you don't hear of him getting into a fight with a director. The only thing we kind of heard of that a little bit
0: was with Ant-Man. And it wasn't even that. It, it was it, that Edgar Wright wanted to make the movie back in 2006. Exactly. And the way they were going, it just didn't mesh,
1: and they left okay. You can exactly. tell that this breakup wasn't mutual. This was all done when the pretty much a good majority of the movie was, was being filmed. Yeah. So some stuff happened, and that is on her. Regardless of whose fault, or who's wrong, she's still kind of overseeing
0: it. Oh no, absolutely, you're very correct. But then, I don't know. You got to give her the credit for the 4.9 billion dollars exactly. She
1: made. And and the and the thing is, the critics didn't slam Solo. Solo's fresh, and people who've seen it have liked it. The problem is with me. And it's like I told you. I think you kind of told me, well, like you kind of refused to see it. It's not that I refused to see it. It's just that for me to go see a movie in theaters, you got to say, you, it got to appeal to me. Otherwise, I'm oh, not sure. going to get in, you know, in my car and drive over to see a movie. And a solo movie wasn't saying, hey, Chris, come to the theater to watch this right now. Right. That's, that movie to me felt more like, okay, I'll rent it when it comes out, <laughs> when I can see it in my house because I don't care. You know, like, Solo, to me, is a legendary character. I don't want to know his backstory so much, you know? The the part of the Solo character is the mystery. I I love hearing those stories and kind of making it up in my head.
0: Right. I mean, I always thought about Han Solo not exactly like the Joker, where he just kind of makes up his own backstory. Like, I believe that he did make the Kessel Run, but maybe not in 12 seconds. Well, the thing in in
1: 12 parsecs, and the thing is, but we don't
0: know what the heck that meant. (laughs) We were just like, (laughs) okay. But my point is I felt like he embellished it to make himself sound better.
1: Right, right. Like Han Solo to me, I didn't care what happened when he was young. We picked up right when we needed to with him, right, in A New Hope and all four of the movies he was in. So Mm. I, I, I didn't need anything
0: before that. Sure, but Star Wars has a very, very, very bad habit of going back and telling you stories that you don't need and then that ends up destroying characters.
1: Yeah, I mean, well the prequels,
0: let's not talk about the prequels. Exactly. (laughs) So to finish up the entertainment portion, we got told that Disney has greenlit a live action Lilo and Stitch. Nice. I gotta be honest, that makes me happy. Does it? Yeah. I really like Lilo and Stitch. Me too. I really, really like Lilo and Stitch.
1: Um, Dude, for a full year, everybody was walking around. It was just basically a battle of everybody trying to sound like Stitch. You know, it was just (laughs) everybody trying to, like, make their voice kind of sound like Stitch. That was like that for, like, the full year after that movie came
0: out. And it was weird, too, because when it came out, it made money. It cost $80 million to make Lilo and Stitch. Jeez. Right. But then it made $273 million. So it made back its money. And then it made a bunch of
1: direct-to-video sequels. And then it did a TV show too, right?
0: Exactly. So like, it didn't blow the doors off of the theaters, but the people loved the character. And I think a lot of it was part of the marketing. The marketing for Lilo and Stitch was like Deadpool before Deadpool ever came out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, do you remember it? When he was running on the ceiling during the dance scene of Beauty and the Beast and then he popped up in the wave surfing when Ariel's trying to sing her song and he sprays her with water. That's right. I forgot (laughs) about that. They were the best. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm really excited about this movie because I don't think a lot of people saw it when it first came out. I think it got a lot of popularity after it came out on DVD.
1: Yeah. It's just one of those that have grown, you know. It's it's one of those classics that people love looking back at, you know.
0: Right, exactly. It's just
1: it, To me, though, it's just going to be weird because it's going to be weird how they do uh, Stitch. It's just going to be kind of weird seeing the people because it's going to be live action, you said, right? It's going to be live action and CGI. I mean, Stitch got to be on point. Oh, it's yeah. Disney and in Disney we trust, right? But I mean at the same time, it's going to be tough for them to try to make this
0: alien come to life. Right. And you know, like it's weird because I didn't have a problem with the beast in the live action remake. I quite enjoyed the beast. I thought he looked cool. He <laughs> reminded me of Ifrit from Final Fantasy games. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I
1: didn't I didn't mind his look too much either. I I was right. pretty worried for it and then when I saw it I was like, okay. I mean, he still looks cgi would to me, but it wasn't
0: enough to take me out of the movie. But you and I are very much in the minority. Yeah. Because a lot of people hated The Beast, and you'd think that Beauty and the Beast is one of Disney's biggest, biggest movies. Mm -hmm. Maybe Lion King is bigger than it. No, Lion King is bigger than it. Yeah, I would say
1: Lion King would be bigger than that.
0: But the point is, Like, look what it's going against. It's going against Lion King, which is people love it. People say that that is the best Disney movie, and I can't argue. Well,
1: whatever the case may be, Beauty and the Beast is right up there in the top five. Top three probably
0: best animated movies of all time
1: that Disney's come out
0: with. I would agree with you on that. But the point I'm trying to make is that is such a big movie, and yet they drop the ball... For so many people, so hard with the design of the beast, it does give me a little bit of pause for Lilo and Stitch because I want Stitch to look good, man. Well, if
1: Stitch doesn't look good and it doesn't work, then that's your movie. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, we all love Lilo, but Stitch is the star of the movie. You know, he's the one Easily. that gives you the laughs. And, and not just that, He's just he's cute and adorable, and scary all at the same time, you know? Because, like, when he loses his mind, he can look kind of scary, you know? Oh, like he's, yeah. But he's also adorable, you know? And and he's funny, you know? So there's so much that he's going to have to do. The Beast had kind of one setting, you know? Just, like, That's be kind of grumpy, be dark in the shadows so they could hide him a little bit. Right. Our Stitch is going to be out in Hawaii in the <laughs> sun.
0: So he's going to have to look really well. I agree. I agree, and here's hoping that it does. Yeah. Because that's all it can really go on. What,
1: what's, your, what's your opinion on Disney remaking a lot of their classic movies, by the way? Just really quick.
0: I'm okay with it. Yeah? I mean, it doesn't take away my old animated versions, and I love those, and they do still hold a higher place for me, usually, than the live-action remakes. Now, a lot of people love The Jungle Book. Oh no! I love the Jungle Book new movie that they made over the Me cartoon. Me too, book, f- for sure. Me too, because the music in the original is fantastic and it's outstanding. But overall, the movie honestly is kind of boring. But the new one was so exciting, and you had Christopher Walken as Louie. I'm sorry. <laughs> anytime we get to hear Christopher Walken singing as a gigantic orangutan, yeah, you have my money yep. and you have my favor. So. <laughs> I'm okay with it because it took a movie that I was so-so on and then gave me a better story, you know? Going back to Lilo and Stitch, they got a guy named Mike Van Weiss to do the script. What has he done? Nothing. (laughs) Okay. Nothing at all. When I jumped on IMDb, it says that he has a horror project of Wizard of Oz. Okay which honestly could be cool. Like, the Wizard of Oz can be With the horror aspect, yeah. Yeah. The idea
1: isn't bad. It's just weird that they got him for the script, but you said there's nothing else he's
0: done? No. Okay. (laughs) No, it's that and the Crooked Man. Both of them have been announced, but there is nothing on either of them. So, I don't know. I hope they're good. I mean, for the sake of Lilo and Stitch. So do I. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. On behalf of the cast of the Walt Disney World Resort, we'd like to welcome you to the Magic Kingdom. All right, so Galaxy's Edge is opening in 2019. And as we're getting closer and closer, we keep getting more and more information coming out about them, you know? Mm-hmm. And they've been really, really tight-lipped on the Millennium Falcon ride. But they did release some details. They're telling us that it's going to be between Episode 8 and Episode 9, right? Okay. Which, right off the bat, you're like, well, I mean, I like you, I wasn't a big fan of Episode 8. I hope Episode 9 is good. So you're talking about the theme of the ride, is what you're saying? Yeah, because it sounds like you're going to take control of the Millennium Falcon and fly it and do missions. That that sounds pretty cool to me. It does, because you have three different missions that slash film came out and said, "Mm, we have some contacts, this is what they're saying. So mission one is Hondo sends you to the First Order shipyard on Corellia, possibly on a mission for the Resistance. Mission two, your crew will have to steal some piece of cargo, but the cargo is guarded by a giant monster, kind of like the Maw in Solo. Yeah. And mission three, Hondo gets you involved in a race on Corellia that he's sure you can't lose because you have the Millennium Falcon. I'm
1: Dude. What do you they, think of that? That sounds pretty cool. I mean,
0: the fact that they're, that,
1: you know, not every experience is going to be the same, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, you know that you got three different uh, scenarios, so you know you're gonna have to write it at least three different times. You know, at least three different times. Right. And, you know, to try to get a different mission uh, mission each time. So, I, dude, I love the story for that. I like that.
0: Yeah, me too. Because it reminds me a lot of Star Tours because Star Tours has all these different videos that you get to see. Mm-hmm. I really like Star now, Tours. A now, lot. is
1: it going to be like Star Tours?
0: Like in the same kind of setup where you're kind of seated? We don't know. We don't know about that yet. Yeah, we don't know. But they did say that every year or so, mm-hmm. they're going to come out and give us some more missions to do. That's cool. That is cool. Does that possibly give spoilers future movies where they're going to say, the Millennium Falcon is not getting destroyed? <laughs> I mean, what would you think of that if some, like, episode 9, there's like, nope, no I think, more Millennium Falcon. I think
1: we're going to have Star Wars, you know, episode 25, and the only thing that will make it through will be the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm not going to lie. The scroll in space will always be there and the Millennium Falcon because the Millennium Falcon is iconic. It's just something that constantly gets handed down. Inevitably, Chewie's going to die. and it's going to be handed down to someone else, and I believe that Millennium Falcon will always be the symbol for Star Wars. Would you be pissed if they destroyed it? No, I wouldn't be pissed. Right. You know, I mean, it it depends on how they do it too, you know, like... Sure. But, I mean, if they ever just blow it up or get rid of it, no, but, I mean, I I never see them really doing that. You know, I feel like it's always going to be part of Star Wars, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, and I I don't think they will either. I was just curious. But, um since you are taking control of the ship you're going to be able to fly it and all that and then there has been rumors that if you have a successful mission you could possibly end up getting credits to use in the land wow like i think that would be really cool yeah you know you go run a mission on the millennium falcon like all right here's your 50 credits you and your crew go over to the cantina and get some beers, maybe get, get some some food. blue milk. Yeah, that That's would be really cool. About. Dude, that sounds awesome. And then you can
1: actually do that with the, the Magic Band. Dude, that ride is going to be so packed. Oh, it's oh out the door. Oh, my gosh. Dude, forget out the door. You're never going to be able to ride it.
0: <laughs> well, there's actually rumors going around right now, and I wasn't really sure if I was going to bring this up or not, but in Disneyland mm-hmm. there may be a hard ticket event going on where people can actually get into Galaxy's Edge before it's actually open. Mm. So you won't have these crazy crazy lines. Yeah. Because it is it's going to be a nightmare. Dude, start once
1: once Galaxy's Edge is open, this is going to be the Mecca for every Star Wars fans in the world. You know for Every Star Wars fan in the world.
0: Well, Galaxy's Edge is opening in Disneyland before it opens in Disney World. Okay. So, but, I mean, think about that, though. Like, as a person who likes entertainment, right? We're in a situation where we are three hours away from one of the largest theme parks to commemorate all kinds of fandoms. I mean, like you said, we have Star Wars coming out. We have Avatar Land, which is incredible. For as much as I dislike that movie, that land is outstanding. Right. We just got a Toy Story Land. Mm -hmm. Over at Universal, you have Jurassic Park. You have Harry Potter. It's insane. Yep. All within a couple of miles of each other. Yeah. I mean, if I was given the opportunity... To go here or to go to California, just for the sheer number of different experiences I could have, I would choose here. I would choose Orlando. And I could
1: tell, you can tell that with, like, just what little bit you're telling me just from the ride. You can tell Disney's putting everything into this, dude. And they have to because Harry Potter, their competition over at Universal, knocked it out of the park when they did that.
0: But here's the thing, and here's the reason I think Universal is actually going to end up winning overall Uh is because not only did Harry Potter come out and crush it, but the detail in that land is outstanding. But any updates they're doing to that area are done so bloody quickly. Done, 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 done. And they're constantly updating it Mm -hmm. almost every year. Galaxy's Edge was announced, I believe, in 2016, mm-hmm. and it's not opening until 2019. Yeah. Now, granted, you are building this whole new part of the park. Now, 2019, it down. are you talking about here in Florida? or Are you talking about land? Both. Okay, so Disneyland is opening in early 2019, like the summer. Yeah. Here in Orlando, it's going to be opening in the fall. Okay, so we still
1: <laughs> gotta wait really long time still.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Still
1: about a year away, over a year.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I would love to see Disney kind of get going and get their act together when it comes to updating their parks. The construction in Disney Springs yeah. has been going on for like nine years. No, not nine years. has but been going on a long for time. a long, long yeah. time. Yeah,
1: me and me and Ray Lynn have been going there for about three and a half years now, you know, regular yearly and stuff like that and they're still doing construction work out there. Just oh, yeah. just them updating the the Disney store. You know, just the in in Disney Springs. Yeah. Is driving me nuts. It's taking forever. Why not just shut the store down and just get it done? And
0: well, you, because that is the largest Disney store anywhere. I
1: get that. But I mean, you got a a other stores in a mil, you know, in sure. all the theme parks you turn around anywhere you can get anything that's in there you pretty much can get
0: anywhere else the emporium mouse gears i love mouse gears by I, the way. I just
1: meant to just go along along
0: your lines of just trying to get it done quickly oh sure no i agree i agree and so i'm hoping that it's taking so long to get galaxy's edge off the ground because they are tearing a bunch of stuff down and building from the ground up and that- then once you get that part done updating it shouldn't be terrible
1: i'm I'm just saying i think that that's what they're doing i mean universals laid down the gauntlet with harry potter and they laid it out hard they were like nope dude that that place is amazing it really
0: is they created an entirely new award yeah yeah just to give harry potter land it's insane and you know who
1: wins we do (laughs) because because now it forces disney to take the greatest property whether or not you like that it is probably the greatest pop property right now in the world as far as entertainment goes because you can do so much with Star Wars it's so beloved and they have a chance to to do something amazing with it
0: oh sure I mean Black Spire is nothing that I've ever heard of I don't know if it's massive in the books or not but I've never heard of it so I don't know I'm hoping that it's good and I'm sure it will be like the, the last ride week sounds I- awesome dude exactly Alright, moving on. We're actually going to be talking about something kind of really cool that's coming out to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. It came out earlier this year when Infinity War was coming out. It got taken away and now it's come back. It's a sipping cup. You know, just like any other cup that you get with a long straw. Mm -hmm. And it's shaped like the Infinity Gauntlet and you put your hand in it. It (laughs) I think it's what it looks like. (laughs) I could be very wrong, okay. but if that is the case, Disneyland is lucky because that thing <laughs> looks incredible. The Disney gauntlet, yeah. 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 It's the Infinity Gauntlet, and it's just Thanos' hand, all the Infinity Gems, and a straw popping out well, why of not? the hand.
1: Well, why not? I mean, they do it with everything else. I mean, I'd buy it. I'm
0: going to buy it. Are you? Because they're selling for 2 Hundred dollars. Okay, on you know what?
1: Maybe, maybe not. Maybe yeah, not. I'll get exactly. The...
0: <laughs> but people out in Disneyland can buy it for twenty, while supplies last. <laughs> wow. Now, even though I was just complaining about how Disney takes a long time to get stuff done, they do keep their rides very well maintained. Because while Universal knocked it out of the park with Harry Potter, dude, Jurassic Park, that River Adventure ride. Mm-hmm. Is just run down. animatronics don't move yeah. the skin on the animatronics has fallen off it's a catastrophe so Disney does do really well with that because every year they take rides and just we're going down for maintenance and right now coming up they're actually gonna be putting Peter Pan's flight to be closed that's closing between January 7th 2019 and February 2nd 2019 and it's always exciting when these rides go down for refurbishment too, because typically when they reopen, they didn't just clean it and make it look better; they've upgraded something.
1: They added something in there.
0: Yeah, now, I don't know what. Are it you would talking be. about
1: the one here in Florida, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah,
1: yeah, dude. That's pretty exciting. I mean, it shouldn't take too long. I mean, the ride—the ride is like thirteen seconds. But, I mean, like it's ridiculous. You wait in line for that thing, and it's an
0: extremely short ride. But I love that ride. It is such a fun ride. So do I. So do you add something to it? Because last time I went down for refurbishments, it opened up. You had the Darling's Nursery in the wait queue now, and that is really cool.
1: Yeah, I, and, and it would be cool if they kind of did something up front. You know what I'm saying? Like it seems kind of yeah. dated the entrance, the walk through. It would be cool if they kind of did something along the lines of even something like Winnie. You know how they have Winnie the Pooh and you have like the cool interactive little thing walking up there? Yeah. You know, like where you can take the honey and you can smear it on the screen and cra- that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I every time I walk past and it, it's fun watching the kids do it and stuff like that. So it'd be cool if like the entrance was a little more enjoyable. You know what I'm saying?
0: I agree. I do agree. Because
1: it's just kind of bland. You know, it's just and and in Disney when the lines are long, it's hot. You gotta keep me entertained somewhere
0: in the line too, you know? Oh dude, one hundred percent. And Peter Pan, it used to be just dreadful. Mm-hmm. It's still long. Yeah, it's but still dreadful. Going but at least going into the different rooms, yeah, it keeps you a little more entertained, you know? So I'm really interested to see what they got going on there. This one is very big for me because it actually goes back to entertainment news a little bit. Okay. Stitch's Great Escape is closed. Nice. Yes.
1: <laughs> Goodbye. And good there's riddance.
0: a very good chance that it is gone for good. Good. Let's Huzzah.
1: Yeah, that ride was very confusing when I went on it the first
0: time. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what's going on here, man? If by confusing you mean terrible, then correct. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of hard. Like with the first time I went on it, I'm like, this is a Disney ride? It, oh, it, it, man. It's it's a terrible ride.
0: It really is. Did they and say if they're
1: putting what else they're gonna be putting in there?
0: I mean, there's been rumors going around like a VR racer for Wreck It Ralph. Now that'd be pretty cool. Not only would it be cool, but it would fit perfectly in Tomorrowland. Plus, that actually goes into our next closure, which is the Tomorrowland Speedway and the closure is going to start January 2nd, 2019, but they have no reopening date for it. It says that they're going to be, you know, quote-unquote, moving track to accommodate for the Tron coaster that's coming out because that Tron coaster is supposed to go right behind Space Mountain. I propose to you, what if Disney, by saying, we're going to, quote-unquote, take out track and rearrange it, they're saying, we're getting rid of this thing completely. Okay. Get it out of there. Put the VR Wreck-It Ralph where Stitch's Great Escape is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's perfect. You put that as bad. a kart racer. You have Sugar Rush already built into Wreck-It Ralph. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's all themed up and ready to go.
0: Not to mention the Tomorrowland Speedway is awful. yeah.
1: No, it, it, it is bad. It, it needs to go. You can update that thing, make it so much. That's that's the only kind of eyesore, if there really kind of is one.
0: The, and there is
1: because <laughs> <laughs> it's not even iconic. No, you know what I'm saying? It's not no. even like I didn't oh. even know it was there when one one day, when we were walking <laughs> past it. I just the crowd to the side. I'm like, what are they watching? Because you know, it kind of it, it, they kind of shield it away. You know, yeah, like the true. entrance, you kind of can't see. So I walked around and I just kind of like looked over the bars because, you know, I never go in that direction. You know, I'm going straight over to, uh, you know, Space Mountain or something. I'm not looking over there. Sure. And I was like, wow, that's that looks horrible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like what I'm saying is it's not even iconic, though. It's not even like something like Carousel of Progress. Yeah. Or it's a small world because. I've floated the idea to a number of different people. Kill It's a Small World, replace it with a a dark ride through Tangled, make it the boat.
1: That would be, that's what we need.
0: You don't need to change the track. All you gotta do is change the scenery. People cry, no, no, no. You can't change It's a Small World. Nonsense. That's my favorite ride. Granted, there there is times that I've gone past there I'm like there is no way that is the line for It's a Small World.
1: Well, let's, let's let me tell you something real quick. When I first when I finally came back to the park, me and uh Raylan were dating and I said I got to go on It's a Small World. I was the one championing it cuz you know it's iconic. Sure. So I'm like I got to get on this. We waited in line, we waited in line for like an hour. We uh. get on the boat and I just wanted to kill myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we were going through the ride, and I'm surprised at how long that ride is. It is very long. It is so long. Daryl fell asleep. Well, like, Daryl fell asleep. Yeah, he fell asleep during anything, but he fell asleep. And I was ready to fall asleep, too. That ride, I- I'm with you, dude. It, the song
0: is iconic, you know, but. It's iconic because they play the same 30 second song right for 9 minutes yeah and i feel like you get rid of the ride
1: and i like that you keep with the tangled theme because i love what they did with the bathrooms that area is awesome and it, i just kind of i'm upset because tangled is one of my favorites if not my favorite animated movies and i wish they kind of could do something
0: with it exactly and the fact that you have the fantasy of magic parade and you have the Tangled Float. And it is so, so cool. Yeah, it is. Just to see Flynn and the other bad guy swinging back and forth. It's a lot of fun. Flynn <laughs> <in> and the bad guy. <laughs> I can't remember what they call them. Which one? They they just call them ruffians. Are you ruffians? You're talking about the two brothers? Well, because you have Flynn and then, like, they go and help Flynn break out of jail.
1: Oh. You
0: know what I'm talking about? No, uh, yeah. not the two brothers. Not the ones who uh, like, yeah, 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 are like, my hands are full. guys.
1: Or, yeah, I don't know. Okay,
0: go ahead. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You have that, and that is so good. And the bathrooms are insane.
1: <laughs> Every time I got to go to the bathroom, if we can stop by there for a little bit, I love walking in there and seeing the
0: little wanted posters. Me too. It makes me so happy. But here's the thing, dude. When your bathroom is so pretty... That it has spawned a photo pass <laughs> opportunity? Yeah. Dude, that needs to be expounded on. Yeah. yeah. And you do that directly into It's a Small World.
1: Because it's definitely
0: not that. taking out Peter Pan. Peter Pan versus It's a Small World, Peter Pan wins every time. It's not moving back to where Haunted Mansion is. There is not a chance. You can't go left because that's the river out to Huckleberry Finn's area. Right. It's a small world, man. It's, it's, it's ready done. To go. You heard it here first. Get rid of that place. <laughs> <laughs> and Disney can afford it too, because they have decided that they're not making enough money on snacks anymore and that a pretzel should not be six dollars but should be seven. Of course. That is insanity to me. <laughs> I love Disney. Yeah. I love going there, but there is not a chance anywhere. That I will pay seven dollars for a pretzel. I don't care who it's shaped as. You know what I'm saying? Like that is crazy. But I mean, that's one of the more drastic ones. The churro, man, that took a jump. It went from four fifty up to six twenty five. Sheesh. Yeah. So That's like that's a lot. But other than that though, I mean
1: it doesn't affect my wallet, but maybe because I'm not buying it, it's affecting someone else's wallet.
0: you know Disney could do what they want, man I mean well of course people will buy it yeah, amen to that. Other than that though, everything else is just a marginal increase like bottled water, right went from three dollars up to three fifty It's not a crazy increase right Bottled sodas went from four dollars up to four fifty. I mean, you had the small fountain drink went from three twenty nine up to three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It's all just very minimal. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's not a huge increase. It's just the principle. It's yeah. annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, you're making enough money to where this doesn't have to be. Maybe. Plus, these are more like snack
1: foods too. You know, and when you're on a when you're going to Disney, I know I'm on a budget. You know, and I'm oh, trying to, absolutely. you know, we're, you're basically doing the math with, okay, what are we going to get for dinner? You know, drinks are not definitely not cheap there either. So, you know, when things like that goes up, I'm not going to be, you know, you don't want to buy a snack like that. Exactly. Why waste that much money, you know, when you can just hold off a little bit and get a better dinner or better lunch?
0: Right, right, exactly. And maybe this is a result of them and Fox going at it the way that they have, and now being on the hook for $170 billion. Well, that's what happens when you whoop it all out, dude. <laughs> it's insane. So, I don't know.
1: Maybe they're feeling it a little bit right now.
0: Oh, I'm sure that they are. But they'll recover, cou- they'll be fine. <laughs> but in a couple months, people will have forgotten that it used to cost $4 for a soda, and now it's 450 And no one will care. Nope. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, guys. This is going to be the second part of a two-part series where we go over the food and wine festival menus. And there's nothing else to really say, so let's just jump into it. The next spot we have on our list is actually going to be India. Now, here, I'm going to do the warm Indian bread. It comes with a couple different dips. Got pickled garlic, mango salsa, and coriander pesto. Now, here's the thing. I would not be nearly as excited about this if I hadn't had the bread service from Sanaa. It is the most famous thing from that restaurant, and deservedly so, because it is phenomenal. Phenomenal. So, so if I like Africa's bread, I think I would like India's bread. Next up, we're going to Ireland, Lass, where I would like to have the warm Irish cheddar cheese and stout dip with Irish brown bread. Because, you know, I'd like to see if it actually holds up against Canada's. (laughs) But what I would actually get, because I already got Canada's, would be Irish sausage with potatoes and onions. Honestly, the warm chocolate pudding does not have anything for me. It does have Irish liqueur in it, but I don't know. I really don't like the texture of pudding. It freaks me out. So I have to give it to the sausage. The islands of the Caribbean. I love island food. I think it is fantastic. I think it is so, so good. Because of the way it's worded, I have an idea of what this would be. But I don't know for certain, and it sounds really rough. (laughs) The jerk-spiced chicken lollipop with roasted sweet plantain salad and mango chutney yogurt. The thought of a meat lollipop, I feel at its core, is very upsetting to everybody. So (laughs) I don't really know what to do with that, but I love jerk chicken. So my love for jerk chicken far outweighs my disgust of the term lollipop. I mean, because here's the thing, it just puts such a vivid image in my head. Do you remember the old cartoons where you had the little boy with the red hat and the little blue ribbon running off of it? And he had that giant lollipop the size of his head and he'd stick it in his head and his head would go flat and then he'd turn it and then his head would get real tall. That's exactly what I'm picturing. (laughs) And I would like to think that Disney did not go out of its way to make a disgusting jerk chicken hard candy and give it to us at the Food and Wine Festival. I don't think they did that. I hope they didn't, but that's the image that's in my mind. (laughs) Next up, we're going to have Italy delight us with some crispy shrimp, zucchini, and sweet potatoes with a spicy sauce. Here's the thing. You don't tell me what kind of spicy sauce it is. It could be any spicy sauce, and I don't like when there's ambiguity with my food. (laughs) Tell me exactly what it is. Next, we're gonna go over to the land of Japan because they have a beef nigiri topped with shrimp sauce and diced pickled jalapenos. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That sounds great. Nigiri is my favorite type of sushi. I just like the fact that it's over rice. And now with this, you have the diced jalapenos. Mm, mm, mm. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be beefy. It's going to have rice. It's going to be a delight. Next, we go to Mexico. Now, short rib tostada, that is a safe bet. Again, we're here to widen out, right? I'm going to try the shrimp quesadilla. Well, Bryce, it's shrimp. It's a quesadilla. Granted, that is true, but the fact remains, I still have never had a shrimp quesadilla. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Morocco. Morocco, Morocco, Morocco. For the last three years, I have wanted to get the keftka pocket. It's seasoned ground beef in a pita pocket. I love both of those things. Both of those things together sound incredible. But I was tempted away from the Keft pocket last year. The allure of the chocolate baklava pulled me away and brought me into its chocolatey embrace. And I loved it for it. It was good. Not as good as the chocolate nitro, but to be fair, few things are <laughs> The chocolate baklava was so good, and I can only imagine that the keft pocket is gonna be even better. Just because I like the main dish more than I like dessert. Next up is New Zealand, and the lamb meatballs sound fantastic. It's got a spicy tomato chutney. I've already had lamb today, right? I got the lamb in Australia. So, here, what I'm instead gonna get will be the seared venison sausage. Venison is one of the most tender meats you can ever eat, and it is delicious. So, between that and the steamed green lip mussels, get out of here, green lip mussels. Get out of here. I've already had enough of the seafood for one day. Thank you. <laughs> Spain is up next. And last year, I was not really big on what they had to offer, right? But this year, they do have a Spanish-style paella with chorizo and roasted chicken. I'm in. Chorizo is so good. It's a spicy sausage, essentially. And it is delicious. Roasted chicken, I mean, come on. Can you go wrong with roasted chicken? I submit that you cannot. But here's the problem. Last year... The one thing that I had heard about Spain, and I don't know if it's a cultural thing or not, but they drown the food in cooking oil. Not only does that make the food, in my opinion, taste bad, but it also makes me personally very, very sick. So I have to be very careful with Spain in general just because that's the only place I've ever heard that particular problem. I know that I have been preaching, preaching, preaching this entire segment that Food and Wine Festival is all about widening out and getting to try things you wouldn't normally get to try, right? I know that. But for Thailand, I must make an exception. Red hot spicy Thai curry beef. You got me. That's it. That's all I want. That's the only thing I want from here. I love curry. I love red curry. I love spicy curry. You have all of these things in one plate. You have my money and also my heart. Because if you can bring that level of Disney magic that we get at the Food and Wine Festival to red curry, I gotta be honest with you, there's a very good possibility that you will ruin red curry for me anywhere else. So, I hope it's fantastic, but I also hope that it's not mind-blowing and life-changing either. And that's the end, for this week anyway. I wanted to say thank you all for listening. You can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Tumblr, Twitter, and SoundCloud. You can also find us on Digifox Studios' new network, The Fox Playbox. Type in foxplaybox.com. You can find all the shows in our network, which actually includes Chris's new show, The Nocturnal Legion. Chris, you want to talk about it for a minute? Yeah, it's just us going over comic book stuff, comic book
1: uh, movies, news, all that no- sort of nerdy stuff. You know, we'll get into depth on Star Wars. We can have our fights over there. Not so much on here.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, we'll talk about comic books, the ones that we're reading, so on and so forth. Yeah, It'll be just, a good time.
1: Yeah, just a little bit of news, and it's just a just just to listen and just talk a bunch of superhero nonsense.
0: Star Trek, the Sony movies, mm-hmm. all Star of Star Wars. Matter of fact, the Nocturnal Legion is debuting this Sunday night, and we're actually going to be debuting with a completely spoiler-filled review of the new Sony movie, Venom. So go over and check it out, because I think you'll find it interesting. If you would be so kind as to like, favorite, and subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. It does help me get up through the ranks so more people can find my show. And remember, guys, for the next couple weeks, there's not going to be any Disney duels. Just that way, we can get everything hammered out with the layout of the show. That is far more important. And that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. And until next Saturday, this is Bryce, and this is Chris. Have a good one, guys. Saying have a good night. And may all your endings be happy. (laughs) Well, you know the rest.